Ah, oh, hello you. I'm glad you could join me up here on the sort of crest of a hill. Sat next to me on a bench maybe, uh, overlooking a valley in West Leeds. It's really sunny, blue sky, cloudy, very warm. I can feel sunshine. I've not felt sunshine like this for, feels like forever <laughs> since, we, since winter descended, but we're warm. It's still, and the trees are blossoming around me, which is, uh, which is quite something, cherry blossom. I'm sat on a, one of those, you know, those memorial benches that people throw up in memory of people. So this is in memory of someone called Nikki, a young girl, age 16. So uh, maybe sort of, uh, yeah, maybe we should dedicate this episode to Nikki at the end. Let's see. Let's see if it's a good one. If it's really offensive and rude, maybe not. Um, I'm, I'm not planning on going there, but uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, glad you could join me. Um, today's uh, what's front of mind is this idea of peeling back the onion. So I spent the weekend at a retreat which was exploring the fixations of personality. So um, the, the, the model, the kind of theory, the framework, if you like, that we're exploring, a thing called the Enneagram, which I introduced in the, in the previous episode, says that um, there, there are sort of nine core fixations that, that humans spend their life going through without maybe not being aware of that we're just trying to get you know we want things to be any other way than the way they are and that's a fixation and there are different ones um perfection um uh that that's my one as an example um there, there, there are nine of these and yeah we we kind of the, the phrase I heard was sleep work, but I prefer trance, like we're in a trance. We go through life not knowing what it is maybe that we're fixated on and, and it drives all our behaviour and stuff happens to us when we're younger, trauma, rough stuff, things affect us and that influences this, you know, which what the fixation is. And peeling back the onion is is becoming aware or knowing what that fixation is, What what's the thing that, that, that drives you, that motivates you through life. And peeling back so you become you notice it you're aware of it in in the kind of the same way i spoke about in the episode about um uh episode before last it was all about change how change happens and noticing becoming aware of the fixation and aware of our personality and and how it can trick us and then going as the, as the layers peel away we sort of get closer and closer to who we really are without this this fixation without this all the ego, the personality, the behaviours, the habits, the things that that protect us, because that's what fixation is. It's a protection. It's like a all these layers, these onion skins that we put around us to 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 survive, so we don't get hurt and injured as we go through our lives. So that that's the onion. And uh, I'd like to, if it's okay with you, um, share a few experiences that might bring this more to life. So it's not just abstract theory. So. We did, um, we did an exercise at this retreat. It was a, a weekend long thing. There was about, uh, I think it was eight of us and we just did a lot of discussion, group work, um, kind of narrative, kind of just sharing our experiences of what it's like being us and which of those nine fixations each of us kind of identify with. Um, and we float around these nine. It's not to say you're fixed in any one. We, we have, we have movement amongst these nine fixations and at different points in our life, depending on how secure or stressed we are, we kind of, we float around. We're all these things. We're not any one thing. That's what's really good about this, this whole approach is that it doesn't say you are a fixed personality. You are that and that's you because you're a completely unique individual with a different way of seeing the world with a different, entirely different back catalogue of stories and experiences that make you, you. So yeah, um, 
Yeah, we did a we did an exercise um, which was all about um, yeah, what's really behind our fixation? What is the drive? And I mentioned for, for me, it's is this sense of needing that, that things to be perfect in the world, to perfect, to make things better and improve them so that they re- reach some state of absolute and utter perfection. Um, which is obviously <laughs> hopefully alarm bells are ringing for you because it's never it's not realistic it's not achievable to do that because my standards of what is perfect are going to be completely different to yours and if it's even possible to get anywhere near perfection so that that's the, the that's the trickery that's the that's what my fixation can trick me into believing that there is some perfect state that i can get to and it was talking about what it was like and what's the energy behind that fixation and what it's like to not what it's like to what it feels like when the world is not the way you want it to be and we each have a different way of reacting to that so it could be shame fear um anger lostness um fury rage um yeah there's there's so many different responses to to that and uh for me it's anger which is a really common one amongst many people anger is a kind of go-to one a go-to emotion and and for me it's if the world is imperfect, if things are not in an ideal state, it manifests as anger. So we did this activity that sort of went into, peeled away the onion skins and went down a little deeper into what it was like experiencing anger. And two, two of us went in for this experience and there was a lady sat next to me and there was me. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and share hers after this by way of contrast because um, I know my experience better. Um, um, so... I sort of, I sat there and it was like, the the invitation was like, what is it like? What does it feel like to be you and to know that things are imperfect, wrong or unimproved and can never be that way? You know, what does it feel like when someone breaks one of your standards or your rules around what it is to, to be right or proper? And it was this experience of anger. So I closed my eyes and I started to, I felt like shouting, but I couldn't. It was like, I kind of didn't lose my voice, but it was just, it, as soon as it came out of my mouth as a noise, it became kind of weak, diluted, like a kind of, more of a kind of wail than, a, than an angry sort of growl or a shout or anything like that. And, and I closed my eyes and I thought, oh, okay, I'll just see how, see what happens to my, my, my muscles and my body and my, see what, how that starts to react. And then I noticed that my face started to sort of, shake and I thought at first oh this is tears this is a teary thing you know where you feel like your your bottom lip goes but it wasn't my bottom lip so I was like no this isn't this isn't sadness this isn't this isn't an urge to cry this is and I noticed it was my top lip in the top um, left corner and I started to feel it like you know above where your canines are your sort of fang teeth it was sort of that corner wanted to lift and I thought oh I recognize this this is a snarl because I've seen it happen I've seen you've seen dogs do it you know wolves when they snarl my dog does it. When you get too close up in his personal space, he starts to do this now. He's a teenager. He's a moody little hormonal teenager. He'll kind of... The dogs will bare their teeth and they'll they'll sort of give you a warning growl. Not It's not a bark. It's not a... It's not a growl. It's a, it's a snarly, mumbling, low growl. I suppose it is a growl, yeah. And the teeth gets bared. And it was like that. I was baring my teeth. And I thought, ooh... This is anger for me. That a specific kind of anger is, is resentment, a simmering, seething, and it was snarling, and it was mean, and it was nasty, and I was just sat there experiencing it. And I noticed that my hands were sort of clinging onto the the edge of the couch I was sat on, and the and the cushion, and I was gripping the armrest, 
because I didn't want to let go and like completely experience this thing because I wasn't sure what it would do. I wasn't scared of it. I just, I was like, hmm, you know, squaring up with it, not in an aggressive way, just kind of wary of it. Like, you know, two dogs sizing each other up. Is this going to turn into a, a flashpoint? Is this going to be a fight? What's going on here? So I'm snarling and baring my teeth and I was just trying to experience it, but also shaking as well. Um, as my nervous system was obviously panicking because it didn't know what was going on. And I sat with this for a while and then slowly it kind of went away. But that reflex, that, that snarling tooth bearing thing, it all sort of made sense. Um, there are times when I've been stressed and, and, and things that like the world is any, another way than the way I want it to be. And I feel angry about that and I get resentful in it and it kind of, it stresses me out and it upsets me. And that can often leak out as, pointed remarks or being short being saying things that don't I don't mean to be mean but can sound mean and I, and I can surprise myself and then feel a lot of guilt and shame after having having experienced that and that's the snarl that's the energy that's underneath that snarl that judgment that kind of angry seething have you seen um any Clint Eastwood films like that one um what's that one where he's an old man in an old in a neighborhood that's that that's um lots of immigrants move into houses around him and he becomes really angry because they're Vietnamese and he fought in the Vietnam War and they're the enemy and he's snarling and growling and getting really um, annoyed but kind of keeping a lid on it. That's the kind of energy I'm talking about. That's what was going on. And um, yeah, that I met my anger um, in a way that I've not met before. I've, I've shouted, you know, I've, 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 raised my voice and I've, I've been uh, not violent but physical I've thrown stuff in, in, in anger at the floor you know or snapped something or broke something or hit something hard you know like a hammer or whatever but yeah to feel it to, to see it and to know it's in there was like ooh I, uh, I made a little breakthrough there by going down the onion skins and um, the lady sat next to me had a, had a similar experience she started to realise what it was like for her not being heard and to constantly be in a state of pleasing other people by not sharing what she needed and what she wanted and constantly acquiescing to other people's needs and wants and just doing, just going along with what everyone else wanted, but realizing she's doing it. And also then the, the, the rage underneath that when sure enough, it turns out that they end up doing stuff that she didn't want to do. You know, the, the classic example is like being in a group of friends and there's a group think thing, oh, we're going to eat here, we're going to go there. And then Peter Funk goes along with the group and then someone realises, I didn't want to go eat here. I wasn't even hungry. I can't believe I just went along with this and now I have to pay for a meal and I'm angry and I'm not enjoying this, I don't want to be here. And that kind of thing, that, that rage for her. So it was a different kind of anger. And she was trying to get past how much, like, how much she felt it in her heart, the way that she wants to keep people happy. But ultimately underneath that, and she started to touch her belly and say, I feel something here. Like it's really uncomfortable. And it's, she just, she couldn't vocalize the, the, the rage that she felt. But she, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen raging people who are quite, a, quite a mild mannered like this. And it all comes out in a volcano all at once. And it is, holy shit, where did that come from? And it must be worse for the person expressing it because they also don't know where it came from. And you could see that, she, and she was becoming more and more upset in a frustrated rage that she couldn't let this thing out because she felt so many layers of 
yeah, shame because for whatever reason, I mean, this is my interpretation, but, you know, society kind of teaches um, people who who um, are more at the feminine end of the scale to be meek and yielding and to be permissive and not forceful and um, uh, dominant and outward in the, the same way that the masculine experience is. And all this was all really... Um, yeah, disturbing to sort of come up and, and realise that underneath all this love and peace seeking, there's just this rage, this anger uh, towards herself, and and the fixation underneath it. Um, the teacher who was who was um, leading the, the exercise was saying that underneath all of it, underneath these things that we have, this anger, this shame, this fear, um, this um, loneliness, all these sort of things that we say are unpleasant emotions is um, is a, is a self loathing and it comes down to self hate, you know, a mistrust of self, a, a really negative relationship to oneself. And um, another example we we did that was that was quite um, eye opening that you, you might find this interesting is um, uh, I'll try and run you through it actually maybe you can play with it so I'll I'll try and guide you through as much as I can remember this this is not my activity it was just something I watched I observed happening and and took part in myself which is you think of an incident and a recent incident where you have been activated so I guess in other words it triggered where someone has crossed you and you felt all of a sudden a lot of very powerful emotions you had a strong reaction to something that was going on and then to describe what that experience was like and what you, how you felt in that moment what it was you know like um yeah did you feel an anger towards it did you feel really afraid and scared did you feel ashamed and guilty you know did you feel an aggression like an almost a like you wanted to attack the other person like what what went on for you when you were triggered in this situation and then to think about the other person and what was going on for them at the other time so the person that triggered you that did something to cross you what could have been going on for them you know what million possible reasons could they have had for just dumping on you for for coming at you for charging at you with this with their with their with their beef you know what was going on for them and the the invitation there is to acknowledge that there could be a million reasons but to look at the reason that you gave yourself you know what did you what reason did you attribute for them coming at you so um the other day, for example, to bring this alive, um, someone, um, I host an Airbnb and there was a guest and um, there was a problem with the booking that I tried to get sorted because um, if the booking isn't correct, you're not insured. So I tried to sort it out with whoever made the booking and then this turned into a saga and it couldn't find out who made the booking and there was this chain of people who were all giving me different reasons and excuses and not really being honest with the situation and not 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 being forthcoming with the information I needed in order to fix the situation yeah perfect it right <laughs> like I was talking about earlier on which made me quite angry and frustrated and a little bit sad and um yeah I was met with um someone for me up and just got quite aggressive with me and and threatening in their manner and and saying this and that and making me feel really unsafe and yeah, I um, I interpret their behaviour as mean and impatient and unreasonable and nasty and yeah, all these things. And then as we did this activity that returning to the, the exercise that, that you and I are playing with now is look for the story there. So what reasons and how did you interpret their behaviour? And now just wonder what 
was going through your mind? What were you thinking? What was going through your head during that, during that encounter? Because the chances are, um, you know, if you, you see that person as, as angry or mean or selfish or judgmental or whatever it was, ask what kind of person would behave like that. And look at your reactions and your responses to this. How did you feel, you know, if you felt shame or anger towards this person? What kind of person feels shame and anger? Those reactions that you were having to this other person, what kind of person feels like that? And you peel back the onion, there's those, there's those, oh, the, the skin of the onion pulls away. What emerges is this story about yourself that you're telling yourself in the moment. And for me, it was, I'm being the unreasonable one. I'm being mean and nasty here because I'm trying to I'm do the right thing, but ultimately getting it wrong. Um, so I'm bad. I'm kicking someone out of my house, even though I could probably get away with them being there uninsured. I'm the nasty one. You know, I'm the angry one. I'm being the aggressor in this situation. I'm being confrontational and threatening because I'm going to cancel the booking. And really, it was just a projection. My story, I was projecting onto this person who was coming at me. And that was what's running through my head. And under all that, you go, oh, wow. Oh, goodness. And that's what happens when we're activated. We tell ourselves this story and it's behind so much of what we do. And this all comes back to the, the fixation. The fixation guards us from this ultimate underlying fear that we are terrified that we are this worst, awful, possible version of ourselves. And we go through life finding these situations that remind us, that cast doubt in us, that tell us, oh, you are your worst fears about yourself. And it's this kind of mental prison that we build. And that's the fixation. Goodness. So I'm, I'm not going to leave you there. I'm not going to dump you with this. Oh, God, who am I? What's my story? Why do I hate myself? Oh, God, I just want to be nice. I quite like myself. What are you on about all this? Is to just welcome all of it. And this is where I've, I, I've not got any of this sort of stress. I'm just sharing my experience of it and working it out for myself. Um, although working out in the headway, trying to compute this isn't necessarily helpful. It's just more of an experience, more of a feeling thing. It's to, yeah, so um, back to the invitation that we were given is just, just to, whatever happens, it's okay. Just welcome it. Just experience it. And when you get activated, like in a situation, if something happens, you know, I, I asked you to bring to mind a recent example. If you, if you also, uh, if you have another one of those situations, you know, notice the story. If you can, if you get time, you don't have to, but if that happens, just all that, just, the feeling underneath all of it that you're trying to avoid, that awful truth that you're dreading, I'm a mean and nasty person, I'm not good enough, I'm flawed, I'm broken, you know, I'm weak. Whatever it all comes down to is just experience that, just feel that, welcome it, which is the thing we're trying to avoid. The fixation, our personality, all these behaviours, all these defences we've built to avoid feeling that that pain you know, they're getting in the way of feeling that pain and the only sort of way to, I guess you could call it happiness or some sort of enlightenment or freedom, liberation from this this prison of existence is to go through that awful thing that we're avoiding, you know. For me, the anger, the idea that I'm broken, that, I, that I, there's something inherently wrong with me, to just feel what it's like to 
to just not to feel but just to feel that feeling of being broken and awful and wrong and nasty and mean because that's not you because on the other side of it is what's really you and this is a life's work you know this isn't something you can do sat on a park bench um looking over west leeds on a on a sunny day it's this could take an entire lifetime to get anywhere near it but and this takes a lot of courage as well doesn't it to to feel that awful worst feeling that you that your entire personality is trying to get you to avoid and not think about every day as you go through life being activated being triggered to feel it to sit and go through it and see what's on the other side i'm not sure what's on the other side i've ho- i've caught glimpses of it a kind of for me it's a kind of serene peaceful playful loving childlike thing you know those moments of joy that you get when you're super happy and everything's going your way you know you've managed to get to some state where the world is the way you want it to be which is only ever temporary right it can only ever pass us in the moment if you experience that however briefly that's a kind of glimpse of what it's like on the other side of this horrendous painful thing that we all avoid yeah and it's 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 that and this is where you start to go a bit cross-eyed and it's a bit Mm, for me because it's a little bit spiritual it's like the one love the wholeness this divine intelligence god love spirit nature bliss divinity whatever you want to call it i don't know because um it's all still quite theoretical but there's something really rather thrilling on the other side that it's maybe the way we're born you know that that just innocent joy of of you know when you see a baby come fresh out the womb you know maybe it's something like that you know it's that state that we're born with and then personality comes along fixation comes along and when we hide and we we build this prison that we live in to protect ourselves but but yeah we can recapture some sense of that that could be a life's work and i feel like it's um yeah i'm I'm lucky to have had this experience this weekend because um yeah i've got a, a way to go a direction that i can play with and and deepen if 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 i'd like to and to turn all these little situations that that wind us up and piss us off turn them into little micro experiments for welcoming those horrendous painful feelings that we all want to avoid and i'm not saying this is something one should do all the time every time you get wound up there's um a good friend of mine um, reminded me uh, when I went through a tough period last summer uh, was you know sometimes you feel like you're you've got enough resources to be able to really go into a nas- an unpleasant feeling and just come out the other side of it and just just completely surrender to it. Other times you don't and you just want to avoid it, you know, and that's okay too. Sometimes you 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 can't afford you've got to deliver a class in 10 minutes it's that and you're afraid it's not a time to feel a deep-seated existential terror and despair you know we need to sort of quickly change state and be away another way because now's not a good time that's okay to welcome all that as well um yeah um i guess that the problem is when we just go through life constantly avoiding those darker feels as, as another friend referred to them um yesterday um yeah just avoiding them altogether and never experiencing we're only ever going to be trapped in this prison this this fixation of trying to make things any other way than the way they are and uh yeah which is a path of unhappiness uh which i'm sure you're familiar with as i am
big stuff in here, right? How uh, how did you get on with that? How did you get on with that? I'm I'm nervous because I, I want to share this because for me the challenge is bringing this stuff back into my work as a coach and an improviser in a way that is accessible and friendly and in, and it is 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 an invite for you to play with in a safe way, but also not to bombard you with all this kind of because it was a kind of touchy feely hippie. Um, kind of weekend that where it's a different language and it's a different way of being that is not always appropriate <laughs> and is not a world that everyone is familiar with. And also it has to be practical, right? You've got a job, uh, perhaps you've got a, a career or, a, you know, you've got a family, you've got responsibilities, debt, you know, wants and needs and, and dramas and problems in your life. And all this stuff I'm sharing might just be just wishy-washy as someone referred to it on the retreat and may not be helpful or practically usable in your life you know um so what good is that oh very well chris this is lovely yeah it's nice that you got to spend two or three days away in the lake district peeling back the onion skin and reflecting and it's lucky you've been able to t- take the day off to kind of regulate after having uh, a very emotional experience you know good for you but I've got to earn money. I've got kids to clothe and feed, you know. I haven't got time to sit around and reflect on when I was triggered at work. And that's all okay too. It's just welcome that. It'll, a big thing is it'll, all this kind of stuff reveals itself, you know, when it, as and when it needs to. And hopefully, if you're listening to this and you've managed to get this far and you, there's something about what I'm saying that appeals, you know, maybe, maybe uh, that time is approaching already with you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. So I hope this, uh, I hope this, um, this meets you where you're at, I guess. And, uh, it's helpful in some small way. It's certainly helpful for me just to, to share. And I'm mindful. I'm, the tone has become cyclical, so I'm going to wind up now. I'm going to say thanks for listening. I'm going to say thanks to, uh, to Nikki, um, whose bench I'm sat on. And maybe I can't, yeah, I'm going to dedicate this to Nikki, this little episode. I've no, uh, who, no idea who she was, but, um, yeah, it's just nice to say a name in it and remember that, that someone was here and someone who matters to other people, you know. It's all right. Ah, and I'm glad the mess- the episode wasn't in any way inappropriate or rude. Um, I think we managed to navigate that well between us, didn't we? So let's part company. Let's go our different ways. Um, I shall see you soon. And thanks for listening. Goodbye. I love you.